Hi, it's your girl Ada B and welcome to the Talks to Ada B radio show on your favourite podcast streaming platform. I am excited to share some live moments with you all here because it's an opportunity for returning listeners to recap their favourite moments and for new listeners to know what the Talks with Ada B platform is really all about. Although no topic is off limit, it is a clean show that is set up to educate, inspire, entertain, whilst putting you on to unheard sounds from around the world via our very own international submissions playlist currently airing twice a month on a thursday from 5 to 7 p.m i highly recommend you follow the socials at talks today to be to know when we go live and keep up with all the platform has to offer so i'm not going to waste too much time i'm going to get straight into it and we're going to talk about koi Leray um, and her xxl freshman cypher I mean, first of all, that Cypher lineup was a bit chaotic to me. When I saw DDG, I was very confused. Um, I mean, I know he's been doing music for a minute now, but I just feel like we've ushered into a new space where literally, you know, YouTubers, influencers, anybody with a following can just put out a track and it can chart and they can get all these opportunities. Whilst artists who are genuinely, you know, on the come up, grinding, hustling, who are perfecting their skill are not being given those opportunities. So that to me, first of all, is just mind blowing. Don't understand why it's happening. Well, I do, you know, everything is about money right now um, and and clout. So I, I kind of do understand that transaction, but at the same time, it's just so unfair to a lot of artists and rappers that I would have expected to see um on that lineup and who didn't make the cut very very shocking um but yeah coming back to the topic at hand koi Ray really confused me now i like koi Ray. um i can't say i'm a fan of her music i do like that that song no more parties and also the remix of lil dirk i love lil dirk um but i, I feel like i enjoy koi Ray as a personality more than i do an actual rapper i think she's quite interesting i i enjoy watching her interviews and stuff she's she's a character um, but her music, I mean, is this new generation of music, the, the style, the sound is very much, it's weird to me. Um, I mean, I feel like I understand what it's evolved from, but I think I don't understand what what's being discussed in the music. I don't understand the purpose of the music. I just understand that it goes viral every single time and this young generation just love it. They eat it up. So, I mean, I can't knock what's obviously working for her and what's obviously, you know, helping her kind of grow in her career, etc., etc. However, that um, freestyle, first of all, let me just start by saying this. I heard that it's not actually a freestyle. So actually they record um, these um, cypher sessions multiple times. So there's multiple takes of this recording. And the artists actually have an opportunity to write to this beat well in advance of performing it. So my thing is, who is in Koi, if that is true, who is in Koi Leray's team? Who approved that rap? Who approved that? Or did she genuinely go in there and be like, no, I'm good, I'm just gonna do it off the top. And that's what she gave us. I'm just very confused. I didn't understand anything she was talking about. I, I tried to listen to it severally to see if I could see if there was a message or there was like some kind of flow. Like I, I, I tried. But nothing was registering for me. I, I literally just see her twerking, see her dancing. And I'm like, you know, what you do on Instagram is not going to work in this moment. What we need you to do is show your raw talent. Why should you be considered, you know, a rapper to watch, a rapper for people to respect and listen to? What is all get lit? What is all get rich? Come on, niggas with bricks. Come on, niggas hold sticks. Bitch, I love my brother. My brother love me. My wrist. Gotta see. Yeah. We all get money. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch, we all get money. And that performance wasn't it. And then her standing behind it, I can't even knock that because I feel like whatever you do in life, really, 
Um, I feel like you should be able to do it with conviction. So if she feels very, she stands by that performance and she, you know, she truly believes that was the best she could do, then I'm going to take her word for it. I'm going to believe that's the best she can do because I've heard the music, like I said. So I believe that is the best she can do and I'm going to take her word for it. I'm not going to fight her on that point. I'm really not. I'm just appalled that they still put it out. <laughs> um, I don't know what they paid her or what they, the team paid them. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but honestly, if I was you know, part of the creative team or direction for XXL, that, that issue isn't coming out, period. Like, unless I'm doing it just to like mock her or banter the situation, I'm not putting that out because it's a discredit to the to the brand and, and what the, the XXL freshman, um, you know, class stands for. Um, but hey, it's, it's, it's not my business, it's not my money. And both ways, everybody's making money off the back of that because it was a viral moment. And the sad part is that there were genuinely um, other good rappers on in that class that weren't given the same love or attention because everyone was so focused on dissing Coyle Ray. Again, this isn't a diss to Coyle Ray. I like her. Like I said, I like her personality. I think she is a character. I'm not here for the nakedness. So, I, I mean, I don't follow her on the socials for that reason. But like I said, I do like to watch and listen to her interviews. I find her a very interesting character. But the music ain't hitting for me and I was very disappointed by that freestyle or whatever it was because yeah and the, the team like this is what I'm saying you need to get you a team of people who aren't all on drugs and who aren't all gonna say yes because they're afraid they're not gonna get a check if you say no you need real people in the circle and yeah that's just my opinion but even in talking about that it did get me thinking do people still need to be excellent in their craft to be successful? The example I just gave was a good example of probably not because she's doing pretty well um, and she's definitely not excellent at her craft. And I feel like there's a majority of artists that are coming up now, kind of, I don't want to say majority actually, but there are a lot of artists that are coming up now um, that are not excellent in their field. They know nothing about what they're doing. All they know is that I've heard someone mumble these words before on this type of beat, it works. Let me put it out, get a TikTok challenge going, I've got my million. And literally it works every single time without fail, especially for these under 20 ones. Like they understand because it's literally their realm. So they get it, they understand how to do it and it just works every time like a charm. So. It just made me think, do we still require excellence? Like how many people are we gonna get that are like Michael Jackson, for example, or I hate to say it, like a Beyonce or a Drake? How many people are we really gonna get that genuinely take the time to perfect their craft um, and then also be extremely successful? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's annoying to see kind of like these um, manufactured artists coming out every single week. You know, there's a new artist. I, I am kind of sick of it. But at the same time, it is making a lot of money. And I, at the end of the day, I feel like that's what labels always want is that the money we put in, we are going to get it back times infinity. And that's it. That's all they really care about. I don't think the pressure is so much on you being the best at what you do. Can you make what you do sell? That's it. So I'm like, if that's the only goal for people to be pumping money into these upcoming artists or whatever's projects, then the requirement to be excellent isn't there. It's just like, come up, be viral and make a song that could potentially chart. And we give you the contract, we give you the money, whatever the case may be, and we keep it moving. Um, but yeah, I don't know, personally, if you ask me personally, I would say I still think it's important to be excellent at your craft. But again, like I said, if you're thinking about making money, that just isn't, doesn't seem to be the requirement anymore. The requirement just seems to be, can you make it pop? Um, and how can we milk that? So once you go viral, what opportunities can we get? What endorsements can we get from that? How much money can we make off the back of this? 
moment. But um, yeah, I'll be curious to know what you guys think actually. How important is it to be excellent at your craft? It's your girl Taylor and you're locked in right now to the Talks of Ada B Show. But without further ado, I'm going to get straight back into the topics of today. Keeping it in entertainment news, I want to talk about the football and how much of a disgrace the nation was. And of course, it's not everyone, but it's just far too many for it not to just be genuinely an embarrassment for the whole nation. England have never gone this far in a very, very long time. I'm talking decades here. So the fact that we even made it this far with the, with the players that we had, uh, it's just incredible. So shouts to everyone on the, t- on the England team who played, you know, job well done. However, the reason why I wasn't watching it and I wasn't really caring so much for it was because of exactly what happened afterwards um I knew it was going to happen whether we won or we lost and I just I'm just tired at this point I'm just I'm tired and then the government's response to it I'm just like come on guys like literally for the past year and a half or let me even say for the past five years really you guys have been literally lighting the fire for this kind of behavior you know hooliganism you know I don't understand why it's something that's allowed. I don't know why it's something that's tolerated or accepted. Makes no sense to me because I guarantee you any other race doing this same type of behaviour for any other type of sport, you know, we'll be seeing a very different reaction. We already saw how they responded to Black Lives Matter protests and anything really concerning lives of people of colour. You know, there was the Indian farmers protests and so many other, um, you know, protests that have been happening in the past two years. And we've seen how the government responded to that. So, and these are even peaceful protests. These are even things that, you know, concern human life. But hooliganism, you know, people being extremely violent and just vulgar, disgusting in character, um, is, is acceptable. It's just seen as part of the culture, you know, part of the whole part of the sport it's just insane to me that now you know they want to have such a strong stance and opinion on it when you know they've allowed it to go on for so long and in fact a lot of the comments of a lot of the MPs of this current government you know have actually coincided with the sentiments and values and beliefs of these hooligans so it's just all ironic to me um Lewis Hamilton also target again for winning I think he won the Grand Prix for the ninth time is it eighth or ninth time uh, do let me know if I got that right or wrong. I can't remember what I read earlier this week. But again, just so much racial abuse and for what? So just kind of sticking on the topic of race, I was on a train back from Brighton the other day. And um, it was really interesting because um, I was sitting you know, by myself. You know, even before COVID, I don't really like sitting next to people or people sitting next to me on public transport. It's just sort of like, just, just sit somewhere else if you can. You know what I mean? And I would do exactly the same. The only time I really sit down next to people as if I'm in pain or it's just an, you know, it's going to be more than a 30 minute journey and nobody really wants to be standing for 30 minutes on a bus or a train. It's it's the most uncomfortable thing. So under those kind of circumstances, fine, I'll sit next to someone or say, yeah, sure, sit next to me. But, um, or say, yeah, sure, no, it's not an invite, but if they, you know, come urgently, then fine. So that's what this, this woman did. And when she sat next to me, you know, I thought, okay, cool, no problem. I've said a prayer and I've, you know, made sure my, my mask isn't budging. But then she starts talking and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the last thing I want to do now on a pack train with you sitting right next to me is talking. <laughs> you know you can't be prosecuted for that! But I realised that, you know, maybe everything wasn't all the way okay. And as she was talking, she made me realise quite quickly that she's autistic, she's a recovering drug addict, and she is was a prostitute. Um, and she identifies as a Catholic Christian Jew. And, I, and the reason for that is because she relates to different parts of the religion, but um, different parts of each of those religions. But her main belief 
system and the thing that gives her the source that gives her hope is Jesus and you know she was even giving me scriptures and it was just really interesting listening to her um she had a lot to say but what I want to touch on as I said sticking on the topic of race she's a white woman in her 40s obviously who has this um, mild disability and again she has these experiences of being you know a prostitute and then also being a recovering drug addict and she has said that the reason why she came to sit next to me and the reason why she gravitates to black people in general is because there is a, some sense of compassion, empathy and understanding there and relatability. So she has found that she has found um, acceptance um, when she is dealing with other marginalised groups of people as opposed to her skin folk. And, you know, the things that she described where she has been helped and, and blessed, even what's helped her to come out of prostitution. So being able to have a job and finally have shelter um, and earn some legitimate money, even though it's really pennies when you think about it in comparison to the way, uh, you know, the majority of us live. I don't know how she's been able to do it, but she actually managed to save money and take herself down to Brighton on a date for a date and had the best time. You know, the, the guy, you know, bought her flowers and a bag and, you know, pay for them to eat out and you know is someone that she wants to see again instead of spending her money on drugs and she literally credited this sorry to um the the black people that she knows specifically black women um and she's met these women through the shelters um through rehab facilitations and through the care home where she stays and also through the church i can't imagine what it's like living with you know someone who um, not just has a disability, but that is obviously prostituting and is also abusing drugs. I don't know what that's like, um, but I feel I do feel like there's a lot of healing that needs to happen there. But one thing that I loved about her was her hope, her hope that it's going to get better, that she is going to see the other side of this. And um, again, she credits that to the black people that she met on her journey. And I just think of how many doors we close when we are still stuck in our old ways of thinking, when we refuse to outgrow, you know, damaging, archaic, um, toxic ways of thinking, when we, when we don't challenge, you know, the way we were brought up, when we limit ourselves to just what we've experienced rather than to what we could experience we don't we don't outgrow certain things and then we limit the opportunities and blessings for that reason alone she is a full-on ally she is someone that speaks so highly of a demographic of people that in this country is often spoken and treated and looked at in such a derogatory way so it, it just further confirmed to me the importance of us everyone not just white people but literally everyone including black people taking time to stop living out the past over and over again break the generational curse break away from these prejudiced archaic and um, defamatory ways of thinking but on that note guys i'm gonna cap it there because i know this topic gets deep and it's a sensitive one for many for many different reasons but i don't think we should ever shy away from being real i want to be able to speak the real always what's real to me and whatever i learn i want to share it with people because i wish somebody shared it with me it's your girl Taylor, and you're locked in right now to the talks of ada b show Hey, oh, what's good? 
was popping. Sorry, I, I, I really did enjoy that submissions playlist. Thank you so much, guys, for all your submissions. Guys, do not forget to submit your music. Even if you've submitted before, you can submit again. I'm not tired of listening to new music, even if it's from the same artist. So keep um, coming. Okay, guys, we have reached the final segment of the show. So we need to get back into some entertainment news. I just want to talk about Drake. I just want to talk about Drake and his date in the stadium. I just want to talk about it because since that video came to light, Okay, I've seen some very crazy tweets and I'm just thinking to myself, listen, let's just let's just come back to earth, okay? Now, Drake is Drake, he's rich, he's visibly famous and he is, he probably knows a lot of people who could pull strings. So I'm sure he paid probably an eighth of what the price would have actually been for him to hire out that stadium. It's still a lot of money, don't get twisted because I know most of us can't afford that even with all our salaries combined. Secondly, it's Drake, okay? He's in the tax bracket where this kind of things are doable. These kind of things are affordable for him. He can do five women in the week if he really wanted to, okay? Now, he tried to have a private date and somebody, of course, you know, you really can't get away with these things when you're a celebrity, you know, especially when you're visibly famous. It's just like, and you're still somebody who's, you know, popping right now is is really hard to kind of get away with doing stuff like this he tried though he tried it didn't work but sis still gets to say drake took me on a date in a stadium now everybody wants jerome and andre and peter to also now hire out a bowling alley and take them on a date and they're talking about you know if he really wanted to you know if he really liked you if he really valued you he would let me tell you something if a guy wants to play you he can do all of those things and still play you but secondly also why do you expect a guy from your local area to be able to afford to do these things. You're both on the same salary. Like why do you, if you can't afford to do it for you, why should he have just suddenly conveniently have life savings prepared for this particular date with you? Like, I, I just don't understand the logic behind dating right now. I think it's really crazy, the level of entitlement and how much materialism is involved in dating. Too much. It's too much. We need to elevate past these things. Like, some of us are really grown out here. Like, some of us are pushing 40 and still talking about, if he ain't buying me a bag, girl, buy yourself the bag. Because by now, you should have had enough money to buy yourself the bag. And guys, 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 stop projecting. I beg of thee. Stop projecting. If you don't have it, it's okay. Go with somebody who will accept you for who you are. The problem is you want these girls that want these crazy things and then you want to come on and complain. No, don't complain because that's what you wanted. You knew what she was about, okay? But you just wanted to stunt to her and to your homeboys and now you look like a fool. So instead of running after women that you cannot afford to be with, cannot maintain, because maintenance is the key part here. Jesus is love! Because um, you might be able to do it as a one-off on a fluke. But can you do this for the next six months? Probably not. And that's okay. Get with someone who understands what your journey is and where you're headed and you can build and grow together. All of this, it needs to look good for the gram. All of this, it needs, you know, my friends need to be saying, oh, relationship goals, I wish I was like you, oh, bro. Like, stop it. Stop seeking validation. Just stop it. Heal. What is it that keeps making you want to seek validation from people? Because we really need to move past this. Like, it's just so childish. It's so immature. And it's so damaging and toxic. You know, that's why so many relationships are failing. And so many people are just so unhappy. Because your your expectations are insane. Not even unrealistic. Just insane. If, you know, one day you happen to make that money and you want to now upgrade your lifestyle, by all means, do that. But don't put that expectation on somebody else. If somebody wants to treat you that way, even the little they do will show you that they will treat you that way. But they will do things that speak to you as a person, that they know will add value for you, that they know will make you happy. That's when you know you've got a good catch. And this is someone that even when 
they make it will still look after you will still love you but stop comparing yourself to celebrities these people have so much money to play with they can do this stuff for anybody they can do this for a chick they met off instagram yesterday they can do what they want because they have the money to do it you don't and that's okay maybe one day you will maybe one day you won't be happy where you're at and if you're not let's let's dig a little deeper find out why we're not happy and let's start working towards healing and moving forward and stop forcing your insecurities and your wild fantasies onto people because you think that's what's going to make you happy because what you're going to quickly find out is it won't and once all the material stuff is all played out then it's like what's left damn i'm sorry i'm sorry also this smash or pass thing that's come back around i'm very confused like, are we this desperate for fame? Are we this desperate for clout? Are we this desperate for attention? Again, can we just start learning to love ourselves, please? Can we start finding the root of why we need this validation, of why we need this fame and popularity? I understand we all want to have money in this life because money does kind of make the world go round. We need it to do things. I completely understand that. But these are 17, 18, 19-year-olds doing things that are irreversible. I think people forget the internet is forever. It's not like back in my day, you could do a couple of things and, and nobody would know unless someone knew a person who knew a person who was there and told someone. Even then, by the time it gets to the fifth person, the story's already changed. It's not even the same story. So you don't even know how true it is anymore. Okay, and you may never even bump into that person again. Now, you really could bump into that person because everything is global because of the internet and we will bump into each other probably somewhere, somewhere, sometime. Not I mean, I'm not saying it's a, a definite possibility, but it's a higher possibility because now we're all going to the same events. We're going on the same holidays. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends I've made off of social media. So um, again, we, we, we find each other at the same party, same events, find out someone's, someone's baby dad, someone's friend, someone's cousin, someone's auntie, you know, and the list goes on. And so we are connected now more than ever and these things stay forever. And I just want better for the world in general. Like I'm, I think you can tell throughout the theme of this <laughs> today's show is me just crying out for everyone just to please okay take time like slow down pause relax like i don't know think think critically before you do something like stop just running on every opportunity because not every opportunity is a good opportunity some things will be more damaging to you yes right now in this moment you're popping you feel cool but what ends up happening to a lot of these people as we've seen time and time again is they become depressed you know they become addicted to things and some unfortunately trigger warning end up taking their lives. Uh, are you sure there's no other way you can make money other than having guys say, turn around and let me rate you? Guys who cannot even dress, who cannot even spell, have not finished school, you're allowing them to tell you, turn around and let me rate you. What is going on? I'm so freaking confused. I even saw another one. I didn't see it actually. I saw someone tweeting about it and I saw a snippet of it. And it was basically these kids talking about, 17 to 19 year olds yet again, talking about how, well, if he's in college, it means he's not ambitious. What? And on that note, guys, <laughs> I'm out for today. Let's just pray for our children because I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what these lies the enemy is feeding them, but we need to pray for a change, okay? And I have hope that things can get better. So we need to pray for these babies because they're losing their damn minds. Yep, that's a wrap. If you liked what you heard here today, then you don't want to miss out when we go live next. Twice a month on a Thursday from 5 p.m., Follow the socials at Talks with A to B for more information. And don't feel shy to use the hashtag to let us know your thoughts. Who knows? We might read it on air. Until next time, bye.